What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. All right, welcome to Knife Talk. This is a podcast for knife makers, knife enthusiasts, everybody else. I'm Jeff Fader, uh, and I'm here with Mareko Momasi of Momasi Fire Arts, and that's it. Craig is not here. He is under the weather. He's been working hard. He's been running all sorts of stuff between he's, he's expecting another kid. He's got his two kids running around. He's about to move. He's, a, he's the lead singer of a, of a big band. <laughs> I mean, he's he's done. He's done. I don't know if he called. He, set, he mentioned it to you, Mareko, but he's out. He's out. Oh, he's tired. Not, yeah, he's not going to make it this this week. But that's okay because it's yeah. just you and me. We got lots to talk about, and um, sure. I'm I'm happy to I'm happy to speak to you, especially considering this is the week before Thanksgiving. So absolutely, this episode that's, will that's be our holiday, anyways, right? That's our holiday anyways. So <laughs> how have you been, Mareko, and what's been going on? First off, I want to start with I love seeing your beautiful face, but it is screwing up my connection right now. <laughs> oh, let me get rid of that. My bad. My bad. Sorry. Oh, my you God. You're so much better all of a sudden. <laughs> uh, let's, uh, let's. All right. We, no problem. No, you I got could. you. I'm off. Uh, this week, uh, outside, you know, standard knife stuff. I got uh, this Saya built. I post. Oh, I don't know if I actually posted that up. Anyways, I don't think you did. I did. Okay. No, I don't think you did. No, you don't think I did. Okay, so I got to post that up. <laughs> uh, but I, I made this beautiful Saya out of some curly maple for that um, tidal wave mosaic chef's knife that I finished recently, and uh, it's a, the open back style that I've started doing, um, which I just I. I, every time I build one, they're kind of a pain, but I love them because, especially because that they keep that line from the handle when it's in the saya. They keep that line continues straight into the saya, without any kind of bumps or seams or anything. It just continues and goes all the way out to the tip and comes back, and it looks natural. It's very natural. Um, and so, I mean, it's nothing like West knives in that <laughs> that silver sheath right, he had right, on that yeah. knife. Yeah. But all right, well, you don't have to put yourself. I mean, you've been doing this <laughs> since the seventies, so I mean, you got some time, you know. Dude's a master. Um, but it, it came out great, and I was really glad to get that out the door. And I got another knife right now. It's uh, the Japanese uh, cowboy style handle with koa. I just started the hand sanding, um, and. I took a little video, so I'm hoping to get that posted up. I'm trying to think other little stuff. Oh, we got the calendar launched. So we put out the calendar um, that just, I guess we're recording this on Friday, even though this is coming out Monday. But we just got the calendar out, and uh, we're starting to take pre-orders. They're at the press right now, um, and we got a proof back. Things are looking good, and so they're going to start hitting the, the printers. And so if anybody would love to get your support in these calendars, and if you want to get them before the year starts, you want to get your order in now sooner than later because it's going to take a little while at the printer. Then it's going to take a while for us to package everything up and get everything sent out and blah, 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 blah. Jeff knows how this goes. Um, package day, always, always fun. Um, I give you a lot of credit. Because yeah. this is the third year in a row you've done this. Right. 
No, it's you're, fun. That's great. It's it's really great, and and the pictures are all really beautiful, and the and they're very inspiring. And I know I've picked up a, I've picked up the last two. I'll get the I'll get this next one too. Yeah, thank but, you. But uh, I give you a lot of credit for uh, sticking to it. Uh, it. It's not it's not easy. You've been very di- no, you've and been very diligent in your in your calendar situation. Sure, and part of the thing is the way we design these calendars. We actually have to build them in Photoshop. We're not just pulling ripping off a uh, like a, a template offline or anything like that. So we have to actually build the templates or, or build the build both the the images with the names and everything on it and get get all get like you know the margins everything and we on the calendar side we we don't just have the dates but we also you know we have a description of the thing above we have links to um, both the sponsors and the makers that are part of there there's QR codes in there that help everybody get connected where they need to get connected and um and my wife, the last couple of years, has been actually managing that end of things, and she's doing a great job. And, and this year um, is the first year that I've had a like an actual theme. The first couple of years, I uh, was just showcasing, you know, really great work, ins- inspirational work, um, stuff that I want hanging around my shop to kind of like boost that inspiration factor while I'm, you know, sometimes I get in a rut. And I, I, I love looking at other people's work, and it, it really is right. inspiring. And so this year, the theme is like kind of the sub subtitle of the artisans of steel calendar is magicians of mosaic Damascus. And so everybody in this calendar, you know, there are, there are thousands of great Damascus makers in the world. There are a lot of really great Damascus makers, but the people I wanted to put and feature in this calendar are pioneers like Don Fogg and JD Smith, um, who really, and, and Steve Schwarzer, who are really led the way and, and, and also innovated on the craft. You know, Don Fogg originated the W's shape, um, pattern, which is now, if like it is the basis of advanced uh, pattern welding and it's the foundation right. of advanced pattern welding that everybody uses in twists and explosions and all kinds of different ways. Um, it is a really great element that is going to, I guarantee you're going to continue to be used for, uh, you know, really years, generations to come. And, uh, and then we got like people like obviously Steve Schwarzer, we've had him on the podcast and all everything he's done. Um, for the uh, for especially around the canister Damascus and using powdered metals and stuff like that and really leading the way there we got JD Smith who he's the he he's actually kind of he what did he do he innovated I mean he's always known for his extremely clean extremely well executed Damascus but what I think probably a lot of people don't know is that he innovated the tip weld if you're if you're not familiar with the tip well, what you'll see, especially like on Salem Straub, who is also on the calendar, right. what you'll see is you'll see a mosaic pattern going through the middle of the blade, and then you'll see kind of a, a border at the top along the spine, and another one along the along the cutting edge. But what's really interesting, if you're paying close attention, is that often the tip, or sometimes the tip, actually those edge bars come together. So they completely wrap the mosaic pattern within the steel, uh, within the shape of the blade. And that tip weld, it, 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 it is a historical thing that was done literally thousand, like a couple thousand years ago uh, in like ancient Rome and Celtic cultures. Um, but in modern times, J.D. Smith um, was the one that innovated that technique that now is used by hundreds of makers around the world. Um, you see it a lot, especially in like Turkish twish mosaic Damascus patterns where all the bars end up coming together in consecutive points, starting in the middle out to the tip. It's 
pretty wild. Um, and so there's just, you know, we got Joshua Prince in there. Obviously, he's a, a freaking madman, kind of mad scientist doing all kinds of crazy stuff, getting stuff stuck together. Um, we got Jason Morrissey's also in there. There's just it's filled with a ton of really extremely talent, not just talented, but also very innovative makers who are really carving and innovating and pioneering the path of that we're, we're we are following as 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 any knife maker who makes their own damascus um or has aspirations they these guys are leading the way um and so that is you know i i really would love people to get this calendar and get it in their shop especially if you're a damascus maker or if you have aspirations to make damascus um because you know the people that are in this calendar are our names are going to be remembered for a really really long time and i'm just trying to do my small part and trying to make sure that those those names are remembered because honestly like there are names like jimmy fikes and you know i i don't even know how many people actually know that don fogg pioneered the w's pattern you know stuff like that you know we don't want to lose that kind of like that tradition and and that kind of like that that history that we kind of um we kind of owe thanks to uh as pattern welders um it, that that helped pave the way and the path for us to follow uh, to get to where we're doing, like Jason Morris do, Morrissey's doing the crazy stuff he's doing. Joshua Prince is doing the crazy. Salem Straub is doing the crazy stuff he's doing. All these incredibly talented makers. So and so, I I I honestly I was looking through and kind of doing a rough tally, and there's like a cumulative of like 300 years of experience in just the one calendar amongst those 12 makers. Wow. Um and it's inspiring and it's humbling. You know, this stuff, you know, I actually got a message from somebody who was like, I love the calendar. It looks really great, but it's, it's a little, it's like, uh, what did he say? He didn't say it was humbling. He said, he said, like, it's just, it's discouraging. And I'm like, no, man, you know, nobody grows when you're comfortable. You need some of that discomfort to push yourself to advance and to get better. And, there's on like we all need inspiration and, and I look at the work and and see where especially again going back to some of these pioneer and old school dudes you know they're just fucking they're just shooting in the dark you know hoping to catch something and and they made some really amazing steps and advances in pattern welding that led like I said led us to where we are today and so I too you know even where I'm at, I look at the calendar and I see the work that's in there and I am humbled and inspired by it as well. But it only makes me want to push harder to understand and see what else there is. Because there are some people who will say that every patterns that's ever been made has been made. There's no, there's nothing new, but I know there's still a ton more to do. And, and I'm, you know, I actually have friends that I'm working with on developing new techniques that I think are going to be really changing the the direction of the the craft in the next five to 10 years. So I'm excited to see where things go. So where do we pick, where do we, where do these people call and, or where do they, pre-order them. you call 1-800 no <laughs> um you can go to my instagram uh i have a link on my bio that goes straight to the calendar sales page um there's also you can just go to malmasifirearts.com um and and right there at the, just underneath like the header the first thing that comes up is the calendar and you can get more information and, and order it there um and 
I was actually so on Fridays we were recording on Friday on Fridays I, I do meetings with my wife and we talk about the business she helps me with the business and everything and we have some we're, we're playing with some ideas we have to double check on how they they'll work out um, but I'm thinking next week um, um, there might be some additional add-ons um, so anybody that's already bit, purchased a calendar, you will also qualify for some, some of these things we're kind of cooking up. Um, so you, there's no need to wait to try to get a calendar if you're interested. Anybody that's already purchased or anybody purchasing in the future, um, when we do this, these little extra add-ons, um, everybody's going to get a, get a hold of that. So, um, But yeah, again, my Instagram and uh, in the, in the profile link, as well as on my website, malmossyfirearts.com. And I feel like I've been talking for a really long time, but I have more to say. <laughs> well, that, well this is a podcast, so it's good that you have more to say. <laughs> I'm, I'm interested to, yeah. just to head back to the guy who said it's discouraging and it kind of brought me to something that I've been thinking about a lot, uh, sure. in regards to talking to other makers, especially for the full blast podcast. And for this is, there's I've been noticing that there is this and it's not a new it's not a new phenomenon. Sure. But there's this idea and it might be just people's inability to inability to accept the fact that things take a while. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that there's this and I think a lot of it has to do with social media. I think a lot of it has to do with YouTube. I think a lot of it has to do with the uh very the 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 ease at which there is to get information now that there was 20 years ago. Yeah. And there's almost this like unconscious feeling of I've seen this, I've know this, I understand this, how come I'm not as good as that? Right. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. It's almost it's a it it, it it's it's a it's it's almost like a it's almost like a mirage. It's almost like a mirage <laughs> that you have this feeling that you look at these guys who've been doing it for so many years and you're just like, well, how come I'm not good as that? Sure. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think you're right. I think, I mean, look, scrolling through Instagram or watching things on YouTube, I think it's easily, it's, yeah, it's easy to assume that it's easy. Uh, I actually have a funny story that we can talk about later. Kind of. Why? Talk about it now. Well, there's this Yahoo that's somewhere local here that <laughs> uh, sent me an email and then I, I didn't get back to him apparently fast enough. And, and so somehow he found my personal phone number online and then he started texting me and calling me trying to get a hold of me. What? And <laughs> yeah. And so apparently he saw me, you know, on Forge and Fire and he thought it was cool that I was local and he, uh, apparently, apparently he thought, you know, you know, I, I love watching the show. It looks like a lot of fun. It looks easy. And I, I just, I, but I would love to learn from somebody who's been, you know, knows the craft and blah, blah, blah. This guy, this was not a great conversation. If, if he, if this <laughs> was on Instagram, I probably would have blocked him a hundred fucking times by the time we were Did done talking. Did you have to talk to this person? I talked to him eventually. Oh, I actually, I was, I actually, so he, not, not only this, did he do that? But then when he called the first time he was calling it like nine thirty at night, trying to get it a hold of a business. I'm like, what's who's the fuck's doing business That's at nine thirty at night? <laughs> what's your cutoff? What's your cutoff of phone calls and texts? Five o'clock. I'm out of the shop. <laughs> you know what? You don't. Wait, so so if somebody sends you a text after five o'clock, 
you it's in your mind you're already giving them the demerit <laughs> a little bit no it depends it depends on who it too. is but if okay. it's if yeah. it's you know if it's a friend obviously i just i text yeah. with friends all the time but if it's somebody i don't know i i she starts texting you and calling you at 9 a, 9 p.m yeah and, and then did you pick up no, I didn't because I didn't recognize the phone number. And it, so I let it go to voicemail. And then he sent a text right afterwards saying, I'm looking for Malmasi Fire Arts. Uh, I'm looking for Mareko Malmasi. I'm sorry for calling so late. And I'm just like, fucking idiot. Like, you're you're calling not it. sorry for calling late because <laughs> you're, you're throwing it back with a text. You're doing you're it. You're not sorry. <laughs> People don't know what sorry is. Being sorry isn't like – being sorry means you don't do it. You're fucking ashamed of yourself. So, anyways, but talking about don't, the point of him saying it looks like fun and it looks like it's easy. I think what people forget, and linking that to what you're saying about watching stuff on YouTube and Instagram, what people forget is a lot of stuff they're seeing are people who have been doing the work for, they've invested serious time. Not just over years, but several hours a day. You know, you could be doing quote unquote making knives on the weekends for a couple of years, you might not get that far as somebody who is doing it full time, 50 hours a week, 40 hours a week, day in, day out, you know, several, several years in a row. And then they put a video out and they're like, wow, that looks really great. And that looks so easy. And they don't realize that ease comes from that experience. And there's value in that. It's, I think, for some reason, people don't appreciate the fact that it does take time because you got it. You can't just you can't just jump into it. There are some things you might be able to do that with, but other things that require, you know, some serious skill and, and muscle memory, and you got to train, you know, timing and understanding. Like even just drilling holes and handle material, the amount of pressure with the combination of this, uh, you know, with the speed and how it's cutting and how you know hard, all that stuff. You got to be tuned in all of that. It's all part of it, and it's easy to assume that it's easy when you're watching somebody who's been doing the work for even five years, blasting through and just making it look like it's a slice of you know slice of cake, piece of but cake. But even though even though when I redid my kitchen ten years ago, <laughs> I didn't know how to tile, and I watched one YouTube video on how to tile, and sure. five minutes later I tile the fucking backsplash of my kitchen one two three, and I was just like. Now, all I have to do is watch a YouTube video. I can do anything. So <laughs> there is this, there is a disconnect in regards to what people can and can't do. But sure. it is, it is fun. There is a lot of people, you know, someone I heard, I think it was on Joe Rogan. He said that comparison is the, th the thief of, comparison is the thief of joy. Mm. And I think that that, sure. is a tr that is a true thing. People compare themselves. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they get disillusioned. I think that I've, I, the, I, I it's crazy. I, I, I find it to be annoying, to be honest with you, and and I and it's something that I'm going to be dealing. I'm going to be talking to with a lot of people in the in the next coming weeks in regards to the idea of how we learn, and then the ability to accept, the ability to accept learning, the ability to, ability to understand that like you know you're on a journey. It isn't you know you you can't just be on a destination all the time. But I'm looking forward to seeing that. Uh, I'm looking for my one criticism is I think you give too much away. On your calendars, I think you. I think you Give put too, too many away. pictures out there. I almost feel like you should hold some back. That's my own opinion. I feel like he's giving it all away when he tells people what to. They're not going to be surprised. But you do your thing. I'm with you. Oh, uh, well, you can. I guess 
I think of it like if you're at a bookstore, people use, so there's these things, if you're young, people used to go to that are called bookstores. Yeah, uh, nice. This is before Amazon and stuff. And you would go to a bookstore, and there would be a section that had calendars. And you could look at the calendar. You'd maybe see one image on the front, and then on the back, they'd have a series of smaller images. So you get an idea of what's in the calendar. So that's what I'm you assuming. I'm treating it like that experience. So that, you know, you can see in a story post the tiny little picture, but you're not going to see the nitty-gritty and the detail versus if you're holding the calendar right in your face. And again, the purpose of these is for them to be inspirational. I hope that when the years are over, when the month is over, somebody cuts that picture out, hangs it up on the, around their shop, and they're like, I want to be like that, or I want to I do that, but I want to do it in my way. Um, I want to tie this up just with, I found that comment, and I'm just going to read uh, the, the exchange really quick. I'm not going to say who it was, but the guy says, I'm afraid of having one of these hung up with just me. Uh, uh, sorry, let me start over again. I'm afraid having one of these hung up will just make me feel bad for myself. Um, and I followed up. I said, dude, cut yourself some slack. There's, there's cumulative of nearly 300 years of pattern welding experience in this calendar. If it means anything, I too am humbled and inspired by the makers in this calendar and their achievements. We all need something that drives us to push boundaries uh, of our own, of our own and our knowledge. Zero growth of skill or personal achievement comes from place a place of comfort and complacency. Get comfortable being uncomfortable, my friend. If you do, you will become the best version of yourself. Cheers. See, you played into his hand. You're, I gave I him the compliment. He was like, maybe that's I, what he's looking no. for. <laughs> he was fishing for you to respond. Oh, this was a fucking. A, this was a fucking clever move because he probably knows that you block people left and right, and you don't, or you don't answer. My, the move that people do to me is, I know you won't read this, but that was a that was a that was a fishing expedition, and he got the longer. Sure, but okay. So the reason I want, and maybe a lot of people have this that kind of idea, but I, I've seen a few of those actual responses i've been getting i've gotten those actually over the years and i and so this i felt like this was a chance to actually address that because well, that's very nice of you yeah honestly you know and that goes back to you know being willing to do the work you know it's it's hard work it's difficult thousands of dollars go to waste down the drain in the garbage trying to figure this shit out but you have to be willing if you really are in it and you're passionate about it, then you're willing to do that work. Um, you just you get you also got to figure out how to I don't know get comfortable in, in being willing to make those mistakes and not See, be good I, at it right away. My response would have been nice try, you bluegill, you <laughs> you bluegill, leave it alone, <laughs> you big old bluegill. I ain't interested in that. This isn't for me. I don't try it on me, sucker. I'm not. I'm no sucker. Yeah, I'm just kidding, obviously. Well, with that said. Knife Talk sponsored by Evenheat, the best kilns on the planet. And if you go to Evenheat, uh, Evenheat, you can go and check out what they have. But when you're getting an Evenheat, go to Soul Ceramics and put in if you if you if you plug in KnifeTalk.com/heat, it'll it'll give you to go get you over to Soul Ceramics. It'll already plug you in, and you'll get $75 off and free shipping on your even heat oven anywhere in the United States. So go get yourself an even heat, because then one day you, maybe you will be like all those guys in Mareko's calendar, because you're going to be using the best kiln in the business. So even heat and soul ceramics, I'm with you. That's it. 
Been using even heat since I, the beginning. That's it. That's a hundred percent. So, uh, you know, we one thing one thing we haven't talked about was last week, which was an awesome show. Oh uh, yeah. Right. Shout out to Dama Steel. Uh, they put on the D, the DCI show. Was another awesome time, and I we well, obviously we want to thank Dama Steel and the, all the hard work they did. But I, I you know, be honest with you, I'm kind of bummed out that Craig is sick because I really wanted to give him some credit. Sure. Because he made this shit look easy. Oh, yeah. And now all these other Fleabag podcasts are going to think they're going to be able to cough up doing 13 interviews in a short period of time, flawlessly and seamlessly. And it all was due to the the great Craig Lockwood, who got everybody in and out, and, and it was a lot of fun, so... That I was. Uh, did you have a good time? I had the a damn still these yet. Yeah, I had a good time. I had a lot of fun. It was great to hear uh, from all these makers and, and talk to folks, you know, that I honestly like Zach Worrell of Monolith Knives. I haven't seen and talked to him. I guess I've talked to him on the phone, but I haven't seen him since the last Blade show that I was at in 2018. So, um, yeah, it's just it's good to reconnect with these people. Yeah, I love it. I got some nice feedback from some of the uh, some of the p- participants. So if you, you actually can, if you want to listen to the last 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 week's episode, um, we were at the uh, it was a live event. It was it was like I don't know, it was hundreds of people there. We had a ton of people watching, and it was a lot of fun. But I got one nice listener feedback from Mark Weinstock, Prick Blades, who we didn't get to talk to, but he was there. Yeah. And he wrote, hey, guys, he was supposed to come in, but, you know, some of the things, some of the people got too busy. So Mark wrote, hey, guys, I just wanted to thank you for inviting me today. I was a little anxious, and I was looking forward to meeting and saying hello to the three of you. Unfortunately, I had tech issues and couldn't access my account and join the group. It was slightly frustrating, but oh, well. I didn't want to head out before saying goodbye. Also, I wanted to say that. Uh, what you've created with Knife Talk is absolute gold. The effort, time, and, um, and push to constantly evolve is really something awesome. As you know, most of us knife makers are working solo, and it's easy to forget the size and depth of the creative community. And I just wanted to point out the obvious fact that you guys are the core. You showcase and tie this community together through fun, playful, helpful chunks of quality content. I'm reminded of our, of our unique group and how awesome it is every time I listen. Bravo to you, Jeff, Mareko, and Craig. Be well, be good, and hopefully talk soon. So if you're not following Mark Weinstock, he's a bad motherfucker. He's a dynamite knife maker, and and we were sorry to not talk to you, too. For sure. Is he based out of Chicago? I think so. I think so. Yeah. He's, uh, I think it's Kitchen Cutlery was his his Instagram handle, but Mark Weinstock is definitely, if you're not following Mark, he's... He's makes really really nice really really he's a good good guy yeah um, the next one was from Brendan Knives one of the DCI winners I was so disappointed I missed you guys I got to I get the times mixed up sorry I can't wait to listen to Monday you all do a fantastic job thank you maybe I'll get to chat another time good luck and stay safe so Brendan Knives won I think it was best one of the best chef knives right I think so uh, and then yeah. Uh, yeah. last but not least uh, Holger Will Wispall said, I'm ashamed of the Danish knife-making community. Denmark is so small, any one of us could have stuck our heads out the window and yelled at Michael West to press the <laughs> unmute button. It was an outrage. <laughs> but seriously, that bit was definitely one of the top five favorite moments of the entire KTP history. Thank you for all the laughs. If you're, if Last week, I tell you what, probably one of the greatest bits, and a lot of it had to do with the fact that 
West Knives, Michael West, is a, a legend of legends. He's been he's been making knives on a professional level since the seventies, and his designs are so unique and so just like extraordinary. But and it's like he's a legend. He's a le- he was you know like I said, been doing it since the seventies. He tried coming on the first time and he was muted. And we couldn't he couldn't figure out how to unmute himself, and that was funny. And then, like thirty minutes, forty-five minutes later, he comes on, and and he's got he's at a party, and the music's going on. He, so he's, you know, totally flustered. We got him on the third time, but uh, that was a very, very funny, uh, funny interaction. Yeah, I think I'll I'll remember at least for a while just his face, <laughs> and he's oh. muted, and he's he's clearly screaming. screaming Fuck! <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was great. It was great. But he can't. We can't hear a thing. He could hear us probably <sighs> laughing. God, that was he too could good. hear us laughing. That was too good. He then started holding up, and then at one point, one point we were talking to him and someone else, and then we were, and Craig asked the other guy to hold up your your knife, and then you look over and there's Michael silent. Mo, he's holding up his knife and you know screaming at the muted camera. The whole thing was hilarious, but like. The fact, like the fact that he is as like talented and as like legendary as possible, and the fact that he couldn't figure out the the mute was fucking funny. But it, we got him at the end, and that was really good. And he won best chef knife for the DCI. No, so, but uh, yeah, so that was great. Damn, still did an awesome job. And guess what, guys? Because Craig put the squeeze on pair. If you go to damasteel.se and you want to get yourself some Damasteel and you want to save yourself a couple bucks, put in the promo code Knife Talk, just Knife Talk, and you'll get 10% off some Damasteel. Definitely worth giving it a shot. I'm actually, I'm gonna, uh, I'm actually got a welding project coming up, and I'm gonna go pick up a little liquid nitrogen when I uh, get some welding stuff, and I'm gonna finish off that. I'm gonna finish off that uh, piece of Damasteel that I have. Maybe Pear let me in. I, you know, I don't have to fucking beg this guy. I mean, for Jesus Christ. I mean, I've thrown enough <laughs> hints out there. You think he just let you gotta me in. You got to lie, cheat, and kill get in there. He show. told me to bribe him, for Christ's sake. <laughs> fine, big pair. One thing is, is like, I if I did do it, I wouldn't want to leave the knife. I wouldn't. The Knife Talk booth was so much fun that I wouldn't want to like, have my own booth and deal with people. I would just kind of, once again, I, I'd have to brown bag it, I think. We'll have to. We'll see what and then but the, here's the funny thing is I can't really I can't really do it because you get into these weird popularity contests and obviously I don't I don't want to you know prime the pump of the knife talk listeners to go in and vote for me and it's kind of <laughs> chintzy oh with that said I don't know if you watch dancing with the stars at all do you watch dancing with the stars I've seen clips all right so as a Peloton rider, I know for a fact that one of the instructors is on Dancing with the Stars. I'm not 100% sure he's a star or not. But I only know about this. I don't watch Dancing with the Stars. I don't watch anything, really. I only know this because every time I go to ride, all the instructors say, okay, now tonight, Cody's going to be riding, so we want you to vote for Cody. The fucking Peloton army has, like, driven this, sorry, but nobody, (laughs) all the way to the fucking finals. And it's just like... It just seems so shit. They're all like, and they're the next morning. They're like, "We knew you could do it, Cody." And I'm like, "I'm like, motherfuckers! You just dragged, you just dragged all your, all your Pelotonese into voting for this dude." Right. So not not winning by merit. I mean, is it is there ever merit? Honestly, with these things, with the it's it's always a popularity contest. So sure. I might brown bag it, but. <laughs> uh, who the fuck knows? Who the fuck knows? So we got. Um, it's up to you. We have questions. 
from the listeners. We also have some dilemmas. We have a little bit more listener feedback, but I think we got enough of that. Um, sure. Is there anything you'd like to do first? Um, well, we got the apron. We, we've been mentioning it, but do we want to talk about that now? Or we want to save yeah, it? let's do it. Talk about the apron. Okay. I, I've been teasing about this apron that I've been designing, and this week it's launching. And if you want to know where to get it, when to get it, you got to follow my Instagram because we're not 100. <laughs> it's, it's launching before Thanksgiving, but it could be anywhere between Monday and Wednesday. So just keep an eye. I'll be posting like crazy about it. So make sure you're watching and you know where to get it. But this apron, so I've I've used tons of aprons over the, God, what am I on? I'm on like almost 11 years of knife making. And I never felt that there was one that really, like they were just shit I threw on me to keep the mess off. But I, I felt like there could be more function to an apron. And I like, you know, having pockets and stuff handy. But at the same time, part of the problem is that as you're grinding and standing at the grinder, um, it's getting covered. And so I've specially designed this this apron to not only look good but function really well um, so that it can – it's got a bunch of pockets on the chest for holding all kinds of things from, from wrenches to uh, Sharpies and pens and pencils and soapstones and carbide scribes and center punches and lighters and knives or whatever you need handy. I design it because uh, this way – because I'm constantly chasing something down in my shop that I wish I could just keep on my person all the time. But I don't have enough rooms and room in all my pockets. And I don't want to put a carbide sky, scribe in my back pocket and sit on that later, you know. And so I've designed this apron so all of these pockets come in at an angle. And so as you're standing at the grinder and the and the sawdust uh, from from the wood handles or whatever your handle material or the steel is when it hits your chest, it's not filling the pockets. The pockets are off to the side and and angled in, and it's it's hard to describe verbally. But when you see the pictures, you'll completely understand. And it, and what's also cool about the thing is it looks like like a suit of armor, and it's made from Kevlar material, and it's actually double plated on the chest or double layered on the chest. So it's a Kevlar fabric that's used in in uh, firefighter uniforms um, called Nomex, and and so it's water resistant. Um, literally, if you do end up getting it covered with all kinds of dust and dirt and whatever um you can just empty the pocket you know get your stuff out of the pockets you don't want to get wet and just spray the damn thing off and let it hang you don't have to you don't have to put it through a machine but you could also put it through a machine if you wanted to but it's easily cleanable um and and, and it's also cut resistant being the kevlar fabric material it is um you know i think unless you have an actual like kevlar plate <laughs> uh it, you know, you're going to have to worry about pointy ends of stuff. But when it comes to being cut or burned, um, it's not going to catch on fire like some cotton aprons or, or even canvas aprons um, could. And so it's, you know, it's just, oh, and it's also got hammer loops on both sides at the hip. So I, I made hammer loops so that you can easily throw your hammer. I, I honestly, like when I'm forging, I have a tendency to set it's the same way I set down my carbide scar. I set down my hammer somewhere because I'm all of a sudden in the middle of forging. I need to. I put the steel back in the forge and I'm chasing something down and then I don't know where I put my hammer. Again, it's just to like keep everything on me. 
so I, I can uh, easily locate it again. Um, but we're gonna I'm gonna get some pictures up. I'll post it up on the KTP uh, Instagram um, when when we actually start launching. But these things are super cool. I'm really excited, and I sent one to you, Jeff, actually, and I'm excited to get also your feedback. Um, because while I've designed these for me to use, I, you know, I, it's, I've only, I've been the only one that's actually used it so far, but I, I freaking love it. And, um, I, I think it's a really cool thing to have. And, 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 you know, it's great for, I think honestly, like it's great for woodworking. It's great for metalwork. Uh, you know, even just, you know, I don't know if you do, if you're a ceramicist, whatever you do, like it's it's nice to have uh, a nice apron that helps you feel kind of like protected and kind of empowered in whatever work you're doing. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, what's, what are your first, first, uh, reactions to the thing, Jeff? It's awesome. I mean, I got it yesterday. I wore it all day yesterday. It fits great. I like the pockets. I put a Sharpie in one of the top pockets and I like that. I like the whole thing. I mean, it's great. I mean, it's it's impressive. I actually was going to do some glue ups, and I took it off because I was afraid of getting uh, I was afraid of getting epoxy on it. But it, but it, I mean that's just because I'm a slob. But it felt great. I didn't even feel like it was worth wearing. To be honest with you, it was, it sure. was great. And I it's a beautiful it's a beautiful look sharp. It feels comfortable. It was it was great. I, I am interested to see if it's good for like if I was doing a lot of welding. Is is it is it burn proof for welding and stuff like that? Yeah. No. It 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 will not catch on fire. All right. Yeah. There you go. I've, I've, so I haven't done we'll a ton it... of welding, but I I have used it for okay. welding up billets and whatnot. And I usually I have a tendency because I sit in like a bar chair at my welding table. I'll I'll just lay the the torch over my over my right leg like right thigh, and it comes into contact with it, and it doesn't catch up and catch on fire or anything. I I have I've had no problems with it. Well, don't don't if you have this don't if you have this apron don't put the torch over your head. <laughs> don't put that's the torch on you on purpose yeah so so keep your eyes out for that that's going to be very exciting i love mine it's going to be it's going to be a hot ticket item and uh they yeah. they're very good excellent yeah. oh yeah so you want to do questions sure. tough scenarios what would you like let's start out you want to start out with a couple questions yeah, we'll start off with a couple questions. The first, the first question. Now, if you guys are listening, and if you join us on Instagram, Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram, you can interact with the show. Usually, that's where we have all of our stuff. You'll be able to see, you know, links we put up, and you know, you can also send us questions. Also, we're going to be doing the all beef review, guys, and you guys have already been sending in a nice list of beefs. The all beef review is will be a fourth annual all beef review at the end of the year. So, your complaints, your hot takes. Your bitchings, your moanings. What if you got a beef about something? You know, you got <laughs> here's a good beef. Guy calls, guy finds my call, my phone, and he calls me to talk to me. That's a beef. That's a real beef. <laughs> so send me your beefs and send them to you know, Knife Talk on Instagram. And also when we do the, the we ask listener questions or Hey man, can I ask you a question? You can send them there. So the first one comes from Thirsty Work Industries. How do you keep your handle pins flush with the handle scales after hand sanding? Mine turn out okay, but I can still feel them sanding, uh, standing a bit proud as they're usually a harder material than the hardwoods that I usually use. I'd like to not be able to feel them at all. So he's got his glue up done. He's sanding everything down. And when he's finished thinking the hand sand, the wood or the whatever, sands a little bit softer. The pin stock sands a little bit harder. And then you feel that kind of lump. You know what, you're, you know what he's talking about, right, Mareko? Sure, sure. What um, would you suggest? 
I mean, so the way I get around that is I do as much work as I can on my actual machine. And that way, um, especially where the pins are, you know, are, are surrounded by wood. Um, like a, occasionally my handles have uh, either pins in the sides or pin at the, at the pommel of the handle or at the butt of the handle. And, um, and yeah, that's, you know, I, I'm the same way. I would want it to all be flush cause it's just, I don't know. It's a neurotic thing of mine that I, I want it all to be smooth. I don't want any weird bumps that, cause it, to me it, it's, it feels like a, almost like a, like a lack of care. I guess, or, or an inability to do better, I guess, in a way. Um, and so I, I try to do as much as I can on the machine. And that means I'm using either the hard backing, uh, of the metal platen, or I have my, especially on curved surfaces, I'm using my rotary platen that has a rubber back backing that rides like a, a smaller rubber belt that rides behind maybe like your, your 400 grit sanding belt and that way you can take it up to a high finish on the machine with that hard backing that helps prevent kind of like that uh that kind of step down or that keeps keeps the material cutting at kind of the same rate um before you do go to the hand sanding um off the machine and and then that way you can start at like 600 or 800 and you're all you're doing is just kind of tidying things up, but you're not really removing a lot of material. And I think uh, uh, that, where is it? When the pins become raised above the material, whether it's wood or synthetic or whatever, it, it's because because you're working on soft backed or soft belts like a uh, like a J Flex um, without that hard backing. It's easy for that J flex belt to conform around and cut away the wood faster than it's cutting the steel. Um, and so you, you, you gotta have that backing to really help alleviate that. Um, if you don't have a rotary plat platen or you're not comfortable with that, something you potentially could do is use, like I have a flat, uh, hand sanding stick. Like it's an old file with a rubber, like a hard rubber, dense rubber gasket like a little piece of rubber gasket. Anyways, um, that would be hard enough to clean up just, just around the pin, um, and focus that area on the pin or, and, and focus pressure on the pin actually to clean it up and take it up to high scratch marks. Um, but if you're, if you're doing a lot of hand sculpting off of the machine and shaping, um, yeah, those pins become a bit of a pain because it's easy for them, especially if you're starting low, even 220, 220 on wood is super aggressive. Um, and if you're going lower than that, it's going to be even worse. And so the higher you can take, I believe the higher you can take the finish before coming off the machine, the less hand sanding you have to do off the machine and the less likely that's going to happen. A hundred percent. I think that that's the big thing that most people get. He actually had uh, Keith, uh, Keith Johnson came to the shop a couple weeks ago. And he was asking me how to do, he had brass pins and like a, a handle that he's working on. And I was showing him, and he had that raised issue. And he, I was, he was showing me, and I, was, I, th I said, a lot of it has to do with the fact that you, you're taking it off the grinder, the grinder, the belts, at a very rough finish. And once you start to do that hand sanding, then you, you're, you ultimately, you will get, uh, you'll get that raised bit. I think that you're 100% right. The farther you go on the belt with a flat platen or in my case i use a disc sander um sure. for that stuff 
then the la- the less likely you will be to have that. The more you, you're, you're futzing around with the sandpaper, especially without a hard back, it takes away the stuff that's the the softest. Yeah. Um, that's for 100%. And the other thing is, is if you want to get a mirror finish real easy, on, especially on pins and brass and stuff like that, depending on your wood material, like sometimes you got to be real careful with lighter materials, but like with darker woods, I get the brass up to 800 grit, and then I hit it on the on the on the buffer with any kind of compound, almost any kind of compound, almost any and kind. And you'll get that. You'll go from matte to mirror in a in a in a second. But you got to go. You got to hit. You got to hit those pins up to 800 before you. It, yeah, because you'll still be able to see the scratch marks marks even at 400. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. If you don't go to 800, you'll see the 220 scratch marks easy, and it's like a sore yeah. sitting. Jonathan Porter said that to me one time. He's just like my biggest pet peeve in knife making is is not finishing the pins, you know, not finishing the pins at like or at like <laughs> sure. two twenty or one twenty. He's like, I see, well, I see a, I see a sixty grit scratch on a on a on a on a ribbon. I want to go crazy. Um, but yeah, that's the that's the the clutch the clutch move. So, Keith Johnson's KJ next. Sawdust, by the way, right on Instagram. That's right, KJ Sawdust. Go he's check him uh, out. he was he's he was he's uh, he's an awesome. He does a lot of he does a lot of wood woodwork. He did something with Derek from Malden recently. He's a good guy. Not too far away from me. Want to hit the next one? All right, next one is from Moonshine Metalwork. Question regarding coffee etching. Mark was saying he now does it in cold coffee, which got me thinking. The coffee presumably etches the steel due to the mild acidity, right? So could you use another mildly acidic liquid to get the same effect, like cola? Um, I think that cola does. So what gives cola and also, our, you know, uh, powdered coffee or, or whatever, um, instant coffee, kind of like the acidic bite, and both of those are low levels of um, phosphoric acid, and and so cola definitely has phosphoric acid, and it will um, have some effect. What that effect is exactly, I don't know. I think that it's more than just the acid though that makes the instant coffee, because in because instant coffee with all the other craziness in there actually has coffee in there <laughs> from real or grounds from actual coffee beans um or some extracts i guess from coffee beans and so what gets in there is so, also some of the tannic acids and i think that the tannic acids actually play a role in what creates the contrast uh along with the phosphoric acid because i've gotten straight phosphoric acid and it does not etch for any kind of contrast at all so there's also something else playing in there. And so the question for me would be, does cola also have some level of tannic acid that would help create a contrast? Or will it just do an etch, but just kind of a whatever, a general etch, nothing for contrast, just just eat the steel. And I think it will do that. But whether or not it goes for a contrast, I don't, I don't think it will, um, is my guess. But I haven't done the experiment. And I would love to see somebody do that. Um, but, yeah, I think along with the phosphoric acid that's playing in the coffee, I think there's also some something happening with the tannic acids. Um, 
And, you know, sometimes I, I've also done experiments between different kinds of instant coffee and I don't get the same re results. And that's why I've always just kind of stuck with the Nescafe because I know it works. There's something about the chemistry of that specific, the Classico dark roast that you can get in seven ounce containers from basically any grocery store around the world. Um, and it, it does the job and it, on, and it's, you know, for instant coffee, it's expensive, but if you think of it as a, a tool that you're using for the production of your work to get really nice high contrast finish, $7 is pretty cheap price to pay for <laughs> a really great contrast. So if you're new to this show and you're wondering what the fuck are they talking about coffee, so coffee <laughs> is you're using when you're making Damascus or powder welded steel, you're, you have high, high carbon steel and high nickel steel. When you finish the knife, hand sand it, put it in the ferric chloride, you get the, it, the ferric chloride eats away the high carbon steel and the high nickel steel is, is, is left alone. But when you wipe it down, it's still both on the silver side. So what you do is you put, and I'm going to give a link. I'm going to give a link right now. So get your fucking pens and papers now because don't send me an email saying what was that link again. So when you, the coffee is a is a low acid, food safe way to make contrast between the high nickel steel and the high carbon steel. So Mareko's done a million episodes about the high uh, high contrast and the beautiful patterns that the the coffee etch does. Now what I want to tell you is before you fucking say which episode was it, I want you to go to Neil Camamora's website. I want you to go to Neil Camamora's YouTube channel and watch his first video. And he talks about how to do the coffee etch. It was very mind opening. And I was, um, he was talking about, he was using filtered water and he showed how he uses the, how he does his final finish. And it was a great YouTube video. So there's no reason for us to say it again. Yeah. Go to see Neil Camamore's YouTube page. Go, go subscribe to him. He, you know, he's a good dude and he's doing some good videos. And that was a very, very easy to watch, easy to understand way oh, yeah. to uh, how you would do the thing. And one other thing is, is we get a lot of these messages where they'll take something that we've said or they'll take something that's a fact. And then they'll say, well, well, well what do you think if I used this and it's something different i don't we don't know so <laughs> can you use bubble gum i have no idea i get these messages <laughs> well what if i use gatorade i don't know give it a try don't ask me i'm not the one and Mareko's not try. the one either and neil's not the one so if you want to know how to do it go watch neil's youtube video and that would be what i would suggest yeah no i i 100 agree and i was hoping that was the direction you were going because we did not rehearse yeah. this and oh, and his dude, video is dude. great and i i love the video because you know if you follow his instagram he doesn't actually talk very often in his instagram so it's it's nice to hear him talk and kind of get a better sense of his personality and it's hilarious because he's got you know people doing kind of construction work out, out around the shop and in building in the garage and you, what is it it's like a drill or a saw like an he's angle grinder cut in the middle like, of the video <laughs> hey i'm recording shut up yeah he's, <laughs> it was great he he did it. It was a very good job, and he, yeah. you know, he credited all. He credited you and Steve Schwarzer and all, yeah. and all the people that he's learned from. It's definitely that. If you stop asking, if you can use something else, and for God's sakes, Moonshine Metalworks, Steve, Steve. I mean, stop asking. Just watch the video and just do what they tell you to do. Everyone's got to like, you know, everyone has to do some sort of like off-road idea so they can have. Just Steve, just watch fucking Neil's video. I wonder and, if that's just 
Stop it. I wonder if he gave Craig the last of his c- coffee etch mix, and that's what co- Craig had such a problem with. I just don't. Sometimes, <laughs> I, sometimes I get messages of like it's almost like it's like these sidecar inventors. Like I say, sidecar, like in a motorcycle, there's a sidecar. <laughs> it's like the invention's already there. Well, what if you change this screw? Go ahead. Stop asking us. So the next question comes from Moon Shadow Forge. Moon Shadow Forge. Question, have you ever made a knife just for yourself? Uh, and knives that were mistakes don't count. So have you ever made a knife just for yourself? Um, I've forged knives to for my own personal like experimentation and like personal joy, I guess, trying to discover or try to understand something. Um, but I've never built a whole knife just for myself. Oh, actually, you know what? I'm kind of lying. So to back it up, I built a knife as a wedding gift for my wife. Um, but I probably use it more than she does. So it's almost kind of like I built it for myself. <laughs> but what's what's sentimental about the knife, not only was it my wedding gift to her, but when I made the knife, I accounted for some extra material out of the tip. So when I forged out the blade and I reduced the material down to um, more of a tip shape, I I drilled a couple massive holes for the rings and then... And then I cut them off, and then I continued forging the rest of the blade, blah, blah, blah. But then I made those those that material into our wedding bands. And so both of our wedding bands are made from the exact same piece of steel that our chef's knife is made of. Look at you. That's awesome. What is? Am I wrong in saying I heard someone say that Damascus is like, it can be, you can have allergic reactions to it or something? Is there something about that? Um, I mean, it's... I'm sure some people might have an allergic reaction, but honestly, the best way to do Damascus as a ring is to have some sort of liner. And um, if you want to get into ring making, um, websites like jewelry websites like Rio Grande and stuff like that, they actually sell silver tube material. And they sell it in various sizes. And if you have a mandrel, which is basically like a hammer drift, but except except for it's for precious metal, you can actually forge and stretch that um, that ring stock, that tube material, to fit the exact inside of that ring. And and you can make rings lined by silver that have really great contrast. And you can probably do some sort of coating on the outside to help prevent the 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 Damascus from corroding over time and use and stuff like that. But um, those are things I would do. I, those are hindsight things. I, I did this long before I knew anything about <laughs> jewel. And your finger's fine. It's still there, right? Yeah, so, no. And, yeah. and what happens is it's actually people's bodies are more reactive to the material in the fact that, the, you know, just maybe your pH level is a little low. And so you're, when you're sweating and, and working, your, your hands are a little bit more acidic and oily. And that will react with the surface of the Damascus. And that's why it's key to have a liner of some sort, even if it's just wood. Or even put a piece of tape on the inside of your ring or something. I mean, that's pretty cheesy. But if that's going to – I mean, that's what I'll have to do because I can't remake my ring um, um, because to fit, a, to fit a liner. But if I didn't – if I was making the ring for the first time, I would definitely account for having a liner. But because I didn't, 
if I do want to wear it for long periods of times, I, I do throw like a little piece of tape on the inside just to help keep the surface from coming into contact with my finger. Cause then you get this little rust ring around your ring finger and it looks funky. Looks check like you your got pH a problem. balance, ladies and germs. Just check your <laughs> pH balance. Check your pH. You know what? You can check pH it. pH balance. I'm just joking. Armpits. Armpits. That's a good place. Let's keep it there. Let's keep it there. Let's keep it there for the kids. Keep it there. Um, do we got another read well, we want to do or and then I was transition? Just say, you know, if you were going to make a ring out of Damascus, you might need a grinder. So go get yourself. Actually, you're going to need belts. You need belts. So you're going to go to Combat Abrasives, and if you go to Combat Abrasives and use promo code KNIFETALK15, you're going to get 15% off all your abrasives, and you can get the you can get all the stuff for buffers and compounds and all sorts of stuff. I just picked up some stuff. That I, sh- I should be getting some Scotch belts, Scotch Bright belts. So go get yourself some 15% off with Combat Abrasives. I'll tell you what. I just, like I said, I was hand sanding this knife, getting ready to flip it over and do the other side, but I finished the hand sanding i took it up to 800 and then i followed it with uh the scotch bright pad that you can also buy from combat which is just it's like the, the size of a sheet of sandpaper and it's not connected to a belt or anything it's just the scotch bright material and you just pull like the last few strokes and this is a tip i got actually from my friend dan bittinger of bittinger blade uh, i think it's bittinger knives actually on instagram super talented dude his blade finish on mono steel blades is exemplary, and and he gave me this tip to use the Scotch Bright to follow after hand sanding, and oh my God, it looks so good. So it's you're so pulling good. he you're pulling the Scotch Bright belts as your finishing strokes. Uh, so they're not belts. It's just the it's just the Scotch Bright pad. You know okay. what I'm talking about? Yeah, like getting Scotch Bright. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. yeah. Like so, little, those okay. little sheets of Scotch. Yeah, the I love sheet, that. sheet of Scotch Bright. Yeah. So I pulled strokes at 800, and then I followed that with strokes with the Scotch Bright pad. Uh, and holy smokes, it's it looks. Which like color did you use? Gray. The gray. Yeah. So it's like the gray, extra yeah. fine. Yeah. Yeah. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. When I was at uh, the last metal shop I was at, we were constantly using, uh, we were doing a lot of finishes on aluminum and stainless steel, tons of satin finish. We were constantly going through maroon pads, and then we'd always finish with the the gray pads and that was like when the gray pads come you're just like okay almost done oh my god so yeah the gray pads rule were you were you working in the shop at the time when like what was it like the circles the scallop like overlapping circles on a as a as a sheet finish was a thing um Is that still no a thing? the ju- the jewel the jeweling, jeweling. i think it's called we don't no we never did that we were doing this the finishes that we were doing and it was a lot of it was for stainless steel for the outside of buildings for columns okay. i gotcha and it was all either satin finish where the real thing was is we would get uh break shapes made but then they would be all covered with plastic and then you'd have mm. to really be careful not to scratch them because i mean it's taking a scratch out of that i mean it's not like steel it's not like a knife steel it's not hardened but it's still yeah. a bitch to get out sure. without make, when making it look bad it was really like we had to do a lot of welding so we were constantly having to uh, weld, take welds, and then buff out and like hide the weld, and that was what we were doing a lot of. There was a lot of that stuff, but we weren't doing those 
that stuff. Or we would do what's called DA sanding, which is uh, DA sanding was non-directional. It was like from a, you know, like a orbital sander. I guess and so. it was all this very um, random pattern. A lot of it, that was aluminum and stuff like that. It would give you a, this kind of mottled finish. But I wonder if you could I use fucking... a random orbital on a blade for a DA. I... I did when I first started knife making. I was using the finish, the finish I was using because I was learning. I we had to do so much mirror finish. We were doing mirror finish for for bronze and for stainless steel, and we were constantly doing using. We were using DA sanders. We were going up to three twenty, and then we were putting the Scotch brights on the thing, and then we were hitting on the buffer, and we were getting a mirror finish. Now the problem is is the difference between a knife and mirror finish on something that goes on a building is totally different. Like, you can get away with a little bit more. You can see a little bit of those tiny scratches you. on a side of a building. It's not the end of the world. But when you start to do a, well, as the guys at the shop called it, mirror. They didn't say it mirror finish, <laughs> called mirror. When we were doing mirror, it was French? like, it, it, you got to go a little bit. No, it was like, it was like, pigeon ecuadorian english so <laughs> okay. it was like when we go to do some mirror um you had to re- you got to go real high you can use a you can use a da sander but like you got to really fucking go deep into the paint up to like you know probably close to a thousand grit 2500 and really like lean into it because you're gonna once you hit it with the buffer you're still gonna see those errant mm. like little riggedy do scratches you know i got you it's hard but I mean that's the move. The, the real mirror finish is get you see to, to make it look nice on a knife. It's it's hard, really really hard. Because the guys who do it really well, I know Fingal does that a lot, and he oh, does yeah. it Fingal's, using like Fingal's uh, the master. Yeah, Fingal Fingal's got some tricks up his sleeve, but it, it is hard to make. Uh, it is hard that transition between structural finishing and then knife making was kind of tough. Um, the next question comes from Uncle Sam Metalworks. That's Adam. Adam was actually, when we were at Maker Camp, Adam was so, so helpful to us when we were trying to move anvils, and he was so helpful. He actually brought us, we were working, and Adam, that's Uncle Sam Metalworks, brought over a crock pot filled with, like, cheesy chicken taco dip. And it was, I was just like, <laughs> what the fuck? And it was delicious, and, sure. and, and we're, you know, Jesse Savage is like digging the chip into the thing, and we're all sitting around there. And we're like, "How the fuck was there like this?" So Adam's the man. So here's this one comes from Uncle Sam Metalworks. Shout out to Adam for the cheesy dip. Thanks for the cheesy dip. Uh, looking for suggestions on how to get better at a craft. I'm not gonna lie, but I got introduced to knife making through the show, and now I'm in a few. I'm a few years in. I learned a while ago that's not the uh, I learned a while ago that's not the best way to make a knife. I can slap together a knife good enough to sell, but I want to be better. What are some suggestions to help make a transition to be a better maker? I plan on taking classes and attending events as much as possible. Love the show, keep it up. Thank you Adam from Uncle Sam Metalworks. So he wants to up his game. I think that's it. Classes. Right. I mean, you can obviously learn a lot online. Um, there are a lot of great resources, a lot of talented people doing cool stuff, but that's never, ever going to replace in-person coaching and having that person, that talented person that you're paying to go learn from, standing next to you and saying, oh, 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 
maybe you want to pull it back over here a little bit or you know all all the kind of i mean you you just taught that class over at dragon's breath forge you know exactly what i'm talking about but you know it's just it never taking a class is crucial and you'll get to develop an actual relationship with somebody um, as long as you're not some jerk who's calling them in the middle of the night on their private cell phone number and and uh, hey, you can lean on them later ask them questions um but yeah, in-person coaching is never going to go. There's no, it, I don't think they'd ever be able to really, f truly replace that. It's priceless. It's interesting because this is something I've been thinking about a lot, and I, I kind of wish Craig was here to kind of talk about. Um, but I'm actually going to have uh, Pat Quinn from the Center for Mental Arts on in a couple weeks, and this is something I want to talk about. Is you know, with blacksmithing in its in and of itself, one of the reasons why it, you know, the art died away is because of the increase of technology, technology sure. that, you know, the Industrial Revolution, machining processes, and ways in which to take the human labor out of the process. I mean, that's the ultimate. I mean, if you were to think about it, that's the ultimate reason why it fell apart. And a lot of it, there wasn't as much, um, there wasn't as aggressive of passing along information from generation to generation. I think a lot of it was due to uh, job security. I think a lot of people didn't pass. I think when you start to see these crafts die off, we're talking about in the 1700s, 1800s, you start to see a lot of pe people not want to hand the job over or, or teach other people because they don't want to lose their position. They don't want to lose their job to someone else. So there is this also this idea that you know it didn't people didn't want to get it passed along. So you start to see this you know this you know it didn't die off, but I mean if you think about the, ex the existence of blacksmiths through history and how important it was to civilization, the fact that it remains is it's just. It's a fraction of what it was. You're starting to see now much more with social media and you know YouTube and, and people watching blacksmithing and bladesmithing. You're starting to see this improvement and this growth and this like resurgence. But at the same time, it'll never be what it used to be. What interests me is, besides the classes, and I, I'm I'm a huge fan of taking introductory classes and taking you know simple classes. I'm starting to notice. And I'm sure you notice this too. There's a lot of people who are getting into knife making and they're seeing, you know, people are starting to sell more equipment that's geared towards a beginner. And mm -hmm. you could, you could lump in MIG welders, MIG welders, the creation of the MIG welder was to make welding easier. Sure. So the technology of, you know, the concept of MIG welding is to make, you know, you're not TIG welding, you're not arc welding, it's a, you're getting an easier, it's an easier way to make something happen. So yeah, it's a metal glue gun. It's a metal, metal glue gun. You will, you will always find someone who say, I'm the best MIG welder you'll ever meet. <laughs> and it's always someone who's never done any other welding before or ever met another welder. But then you start, you know, and then you, and you, you know, there are guys like, uh, you know, Ang, the Ann Yang guy, a Jake uh, James, not Jake James, Jake Johnson, mm -hmm. J James Johnson. James Johnson yep. is importing all these Ann Yangs, and you're starting to see more, more of these, more of these pieces of technology that are making it easier. Like once again, our friends at Coal Ironworks have a press now that has a you know CNC on it computer that will do automatic hiss blocks, which makes it so much easier. So you're starting to see all this technology that's making it easier for people to learn how to do things, but they're losing out on the they're losing out on the uh, the basics of how to move metal, how to make sure. these things, 
And what, what's happening is, is I'm starting to see is more people are wanting to take and talking to Matt Parkinson at Dragonsworth Forge, when he initially approached me about teaching a class, he said, you want to do a knife-making class? I'm like, I don't want to do a knife-making class. I mean, number one, you guys are the best knife-makers around. Why the fuck would I want to take, take, teach a knife-making class? I said, I would <laughs> rather teach a basic blacksmithing classes because I'm afraid that people are not, they don't understand that, you know, the basics of it. And what's happening is these guys are jumping in straight into, and you hear this all the time, I want to start making knives. I want to start making Damascus right out of the chute. Yeah. And you're definitely seeing this, you know, it's almost like a secondary industrial revolution where these guys are not having to just stand in front of an anvil and learn how to, you know, forge weld by themselves or understand the basics of it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's kind of frustrating, to be honest with you. And it's frustrating not that I'm, I, 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 I'm irritated with these people, but it's almost like it's a cart before the horse thing. And you're starting to see people using, you know, having technology that's allowing them to supersede the basic techniques that they should know how to do in order to keep this thing rolling. Right. So my suggestion is take a fucking class. Take classes. (laughs) Take classes. And and, and I I encourage people to take basic classes. Like I'm going to be back at Dragon's Breath Forge in March. And the the five guys, the six guys who took the class are all listening to this podcast. They were all knife makers. They, uh, most of them had not taken blacksmithing classes, and I got nice messages in regards to, you know, that they it's changed the way they saw how they forge. I, I think that that's the most important thing. Not not going for the glitzy, you know, Damascus classes. I think it's getting a firmer understanding of your basics, and then you get to see what happens. Sure. Well, and I think I think there's also a. It, the the people who are just jumping on and trying to make a knife as quickly as possible, that that's all they're actually looking for versus somebody who's actually willing to learn blacksmithing skills. It's more of like an, an a personal endeavor. They're they're trying to learn these skills for their own personal enjoyment versus somebody trying to whip out a knife as quickly as and as flashy as they possibly can and try to sell it for as much money as they possibly can just to say that to show to the rest of the world that they did that. Versus, so it's like external versus internal, kind of in a way, if you know what I mean. And I, I know what you mean, but it's also uh, most knife makers who've never taken blacksmithing classes. Oh, sure. They yeah. see bladesmithing in and of itself. I'm, I'm not referring to integral knives. I'm not talking about anything complicated. And they talk about like a, a hidden tang knife, forging out a hidden tang knife. And they have no kind of understanding that it is a very easy process. You know, sure. for, if you have a block of, you know, a rectangular block of steel with, I'm not talking about integral knives. I'm talking about a, yeah. just a straight, if you had a piece of three sixteenths by two and uh, by six inches long, forging out the tang and then forging out the tip and then drawing down the heel is not a hard thing to do. But a lot of guys don't know how to understand it. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that they've never taken these, any basic yeah. blacksmithing classes or forging out leaves, or forging out these simple processes, and then you'll be like, oh, you know what, this will help me when I do that. Or, oh, I see this technique, or how I hold the steel against an anvil, this is the technique I should be using when I'm drawing the heel down, or I'm isolating the bolster, or whatever. Or or I should be using, when I'm forging something down, I should be using the horn this way, and that'll help me, I can translate this technique into when I'm forging out a blade. I just get a little bit irritated sometimes because these guys are just like, well, I don't want to take a basic knife making class. I want to go make hammers right out of the first thing I want to do is I want to make hammers. 
but you're but you're you're missing out on the glory, you know. Sure. I mean, honestly, I I would love to spend a minimum a week like intensive blacksmithing skills training, but obviously like these are skills that people hone over years. I mean, uh, in getting JD Smith to be part of the calendar, um, I, I sat and had a com- great conversation with him, and he talked about how he was an ornament, or uh, he was a precious metal smith f- before he was a blacksmith, and then he and then he started working with a blacksmith, and he worked with under that guy for three years before he started getting into bladesmithing, and he can he can weld basically anything, um, JD Smith that is, and forge weld basically anything and he can forge most anything but it's because he has those skills and it, i think i i would love to take the time to be able to 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 learn those skills so i can look at a half inch by half inch by six or eight inch bar of steel mild steel and see the myriad of things that could be made out of that using a variety of you know just the the massive variety of skills and techniques that blacksmiths have accumulated over literally millennia of tradition and skin and practice, you know, there's so much out there to learn. And, but yeah, I, I, I would really, I would relish that experience really. Cause I, I've, I personally feel like there is something missing from kind of my, my skill set because, you know, I, there's no fucking way I could forge. I mean, if I was working with somebody, I could probably figure out how to forge a leaf or even other practical stuff. Like, I don't know. I just like, I love seeing even gate locks and latches that people forge and make and create. I think those are freaking rad. And I would love to learn all that stuff because it's, it comes back to problem solving basically. And, and, and having a kind of a set of skills that makes you more self-reliant and, uh, you know, feeling that sense of achievement that goes along with creating those things even as basic Here's, as a gate, gate latch or a j hook for hanging a jacket on the wall the greatest guy who is constantly innovative but also is someone who's everyone's like shaking their heads how do he do it is lynn ray lynn ray has uses complete blacksmith techniques sure. to to unveil these innovative designs and if he were to talk to if you were to talk to him and i'm gonna get him i'm gonna get him on the full blast at some point we'll figure it out do it but i mean his blacksmithing techniques allow him to understand what he's doing and figure out ways in which to isolate the parts of his knives to make these incredible transitions that people are just like oh my god you blew me away again but if you took some blacksmithing classes some simple blacksmithing classes you might just say, well, he, he, these are not like, I mean, he's not, this is not nuclear fission. You just have never taken blacksmithing classes before. However, he's constantly reinventing this concept and he's blown all you suckers away because you don't want to take a blacksmithing <laughs> yeah. class. Yeah. You're blowing your, you're blowing everybody away. He's blowing yeah. everybody away and yeah. God bless him. And, and he deserves it. And I love it when he comes out with something new every other week and he's just dunking on your asses because you, you guys <laughs> refuse to take a blacksmithing class. Yeah. And that's that's the 100% truth. He's dunking on your fool asses because you guys are so you guys are obsessed with making <laughs> you guys are all obsessed with making pattern welded steel chef knives and he's dunking on your ass. 
100%. Dunking on your ass. Am I wrong? Is no, he dunking on everybody's he, he ass? Is, he's dunking on everybody's ass. Yeah, he is incredible. He's he's probably – I would love to do actually a Forgers edition of Artisans and Steel and get go outside of Knives and start getting into Blacksmiths. I think that might be he's, he's, one of the ideas for next year. I, w- I went from he's the best to he's dunking on all your asses. Y'all, all your asses are looking <laughs> sorry. You're dunking not, on you. You're not wrong. I'm not wrong. He's and it's like, and it's all, it's, it's all blacksmithing shit. All yep. the shit, all the isolation stuff he does, all the, you know, the way he changes things, the way he moves the material around, it's all blacksmithing. So take a blacksmithing class. Stop being stupid. <laughs> I want to get into I want to get into uh, tough scenarios. I want to hit a couple tough scenarios, but before we get into tough scenarios, Broadback Ironworks is doing a sale right now. From well, from the twenty second, from November twenty second to November November twenty ninth, it is the Black Friday sale. They're going to have great packages, great sales. There's a super mega deal. There's a premium plus deal. There's a lots of value. The uh, super mega deal has $540 worth of value um, included, and the premium deal has $375 degree, uh, dollars worth of value. You should go check out them now because they have great upgrades, great upgrades, and you're going to be able to use the promo code Knife Talk to upgrade from the regular platen to the Mareco platen, which I just used today, and I would highly suggest getting the Mareco platen because it is definitely worth it. So go check out BroadbackIronworks.com. From the 22nd to the 29th is the Black Friday sale. That's today. Now it starts today. Is that the Monday? Yeah, that's Monday. All right, so check it out, man. <laughs> Guys, stop. I'm, they're going to be dunking on your ass again. Yeah. <laughs> if you got a Don't Mareco sleep platen, on it. Make Don't it sleep happen. on Heatley. Dunk on your ass. <laughs> Dunk exactly. on your ass. All right, so there you go. So don't get dunked. Don't get dunked on, man. It's enough. You guys have been dunked on too much today. All right, so tough scenarios answered right. honestly and phony. So you can also submit these on uh, f- to uh, Knife Talk Podcast, and we will answer them. Basically, it's these scenarios. Please really think about the, how you're going <laughs> to answer these things because some of you guys, still some of you guys, you're writing me like these. I can see you guys are sitting at your, you're sitting on the toilet. I'm picturing what most of the people send these things. They're sitting on the toilet and they got their disgusting thumbs and they're trying to write something and they're thinking to themselves, "This is going to be a beauty. This is going to be a beauty." You're going to read this one, so. Yeah. You might so even you might even run it by a couple people first before you send it. You might even run it by a couple people first. <laughs> Good idea. Run it by a couple people. Yeah, go ahead. See what your wife says. I'm going to submit this tough scenario to <laughs> Knife Talk, the podcast I listen to that I refuse to let you know about. Does this sound okay? And they're going to say, what? What are you talking about? Bananas. Yeah. Um, this first one comes from JVB Knives Canada. The producers... See your hands as they think they're absolutely lovely. So the producers of a TV show, a producer, he offers you life-changing money if you were, if you were to continue work as a hands actor. Basically, you need to keep your hands looking as pristine condition, making you unable to work with your hands from then on forward. You can't work with your hands because you got to protect them. you got to protect your hands. Do you take the money? You got good hands, though. It, it kind of does irritate me. Like I see, I see in your videos sometimes you're 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 handing up a, one of your things. I'm just like, 
how come he, his cuticles are fine? He doesn't have any burns. He doesn't have any. I don't think. I, I think scars. you could take the money. Cuts. I think you. You don't have any cuts. You don't have any. Oh, like, I, got I mean, cuts I got and like, scars for sure. My knuckles. My first finger knuckles. I definitely hit the grinders because both of them. Both oh, of fuck. them. And now that I have the Moreco Platinum and I can use both sides, I got knuckle scratches on both fingers. <laughs> hey, share the wealth. So, share the wealth. Yeah, the right <laughs> one gets the same with the left one. So do you take the money? Uh, gosh. It, it depends. Is there? Yeah. Uh, possibly. Yeah. See, here's the problem. The problem is, is like a lot of this, we're doing what we're doing. Not for the money, because yeah. if it was for the money, we wouldn't be doing this fucking podcast. <laughs> We'd be <laughs> if, if, if the money was if the money was really good, knife making really good. My shit, you wouldn't see my shit. Yeah, my shit would be my shit would be out. My shit would be on a balcony somewhere. I'd be like smoking cigars and drinking Aperol spritzes. I'd be floating in a pool. You would not be. You wouldn't be seeing me cold in the jeep. In November, <laughs> podcasting, that's for sure, okay? We do the, this because love. we love it. For the love. We do it because we love it, and we do it because we have, we're, we're all, all of us makers have, A, this need for approval from someone. <laughs> yeah. It might be from your childhood. And we need a physical, we need a physical act or physical representation that we're not human garbage for our accomplishments. So that's, yeah, that's it. I mean, yep. we just don't want to be human garbage. So that's why we do this. So <laughs> I think that if you gave us life changing money, we can't do anything. I don't know if I would take it because I don't know. Maybe I will. Maybe I've lived long enough of maybe I've had enough of this life. Maybe maybe the hand modeling biz I could handle. But I would be the last person to I, it would be some sort of weird kink magazine because my hands are so <laughs> fucked up. It would be bad. You right. you can give a massage and exfoliate at the same time, dude. My <laughs> hands are rough, and if you want to know about it, go watch the Epicurious. <laughs> watch the Epicurious video read, and look at all the. Don't even watch the video. Read the just comments. read the comments. Read the comments. The best one is still. That dude looks like he went to third base with a pencil sharpener. <laughs> I mean, that is the greatest line of all. That's still the best line of all time. You can't beat oh, that. He's right. The tips are that tips look like I put them right in. Yeah, okay. I guess. I mean, so to go back to that, I think part of me, you know, I'm I'm taking into consideration my own financial situation. If it's life changing money, then I I might consider it but i don't know if it's in the contract i can't do anything then then that's that's not worth it but i I, I can't promise that my hands aren't going to get fucked up just even just walking down the sidewalk and tripping over a stick or something you know well i mean you know you gotta have gloves on all the time gloves on that's part of the contract too gloves on always (laughs) there was an episode of uh seinfeld where george costanza is a hand model and he's got to wear gloves all the time yeah I would definitely. You know what? I would fucking. You know what? Fuck it. I would be like, well, I can't make. I gotta close the shop now. But uh, I'll start painting again. Uh, I'll, I'll get the. I'll get that. Uh, I'm not garbage feeling from painting. I think. There you go. Okay. This one comes from Danum Blades. Here's a dilemma. Over the weekend, I was asked if I could make a custom Kydex sheath. I told the guy what I charge for a sheath, and I sent a photo as an example. The guy replied, "Well, that's expensive." And uh, he would think about it. Within an hour, he asked what the full cost with postage would be. 
and what my address was to send the knife because he was going to so the guy sending a knife he's offering to send a knife to this knife maker to make him a sheath and he wanted to get you know the, the, how much it's going to cost so first thing monday morning i sent him all the details around midday he asks for the details that i had already sent them and then calls then calls me a degenerate con man and threatens to give me a bad review on Trustpilot, whatever that is. I think it's like Yelp or something. A few e emails back and forth. I prove that I had sent the email, and he eventually apologized. So uh, the dilemma is, uh, would it have been rude to say to him, you can fucking run your, you can ram your fucking ass up your fucking arse. So, you know, he dealt with a, he dealt with a guy who wanted a bid oh, for, you know, geez. these people are... We deal with unreasonable people. Entitlement. We deal with unreasonable people. Entitlement. There are some people who are just so fucking entitled. Do you have any? Do you have any customers who are ridiculous? Um. Or or not even customers, like potential customers that just like ran the fucking ran you up to like a high high blood pressure level. <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to think. There was one guy who was a big pain in the ass, and I probably had close to 200 email exchanges with him. Oh, my God. Um, and then I made the knife for him. He got it. He used it for, like, a week, and then he sent it back or asked for a refund because he wasn't happy with it. And it turns out this guy is just a fucking troll basically on one of the forums that specializes in like chef's knives and stuff like that and this is his gig he buys knives he likes to show them off on the forum so he gets some sort of social currency some clout there and then he talks a bunch of shit about the knife and then sends the fucking knife back and so since that happened to me and i realized that it happened to several other makers I've made sure not only have I blacklisted his ass, but many other makers have blacklisted his ass, and nobody will make him a fucking knife now, so he can go fuck himself. You know, there was a guy, <laughs> I don't know if you listened to uh, 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 Knife Making Down Under, but a few months ago, a number of months ago, Mert told this crazy story about this dude who bought a knife, and then it was he was a scammer. He bought the knife then complained about the knife and then said that it wasn't what it was supposed to be. Then he reported Mert to PayPal. PayPal seized the money back, and it was a huge... And it was, the guy was full of shit. And oh then he never God. sent the knife back, and then he had a fight... Uh, Mert had to fight PayPal, and this guy, it was this, a huge, huge issue. I'm surprised, and he got his, I think he got squared away. I think he lost some money, and he stopped using PayPal. But Mert told me, you know, told me who the guy was, and the guy started following me, and I immediately blocked him. I'm like, I don't want anything to do with you. There's, um, there, I'm surprised that there are a lot of guys like that. I once had a guy years ago who bought a knife and then was, I, called you know i used to do a lot of like phone calls sure and it was consultations and stuff like that and as soon as he got my number he was texting me relentlessly <laughs> on saturdays hey, on buddy. sundays how's on it going all the time how's it going how's what it going just checking on? up on the knife just checking on just oh check i gave him like a you know how long it's going to take i gave him a whole thing i i was giving the sending out the emails and he was relentlessly checking in on me Relent. How's it going? Are you working on my knife? How's it going? How's it going with the knife? How's it? I'm like, bro, 
I said, I'll fucking, I'll, and I didn't, I wasn't obnoxious to him, but I was just like, I'll get you, I will, I've never once, I've never once, uh, I always do what I say I'm going to do, and I've never let anyone down, and I was actually talking to uh, our, uh, the, our new, uh, our new coworker, Allison, and she was like, there are no bad emails, and, and she was going through all the archives of all of our, uh, all the stuff we've ever done, she's like, I'm surprised that there are no, like, angry emails, I'm like, I do what I say I'm going to do, and if I don't, I make sure it's okay, and this guy was, I remember being at a, at my kid's soccer game on a Sunday. The guy calls me up in the middle on a you know Sunday and is just like, "Hey, just checking up on you, seeing if you're working on the knife or not." And I was just like, "Dude, I promise you, I will get this knife to you, and it'll be fine, and it'll be great. And if you don't like it, you send it back. I I promise you, I'm not forgetting about it. I mean, I, maybe he was used to people you know taking advantage of him. And then I sent it to him, and then he sent me back a message saying, this is not the knife I wanted. I mean, the guy was, like, almost on the verge of harassing oh me beforehand. And I didn't even really – I didn't even really want to – I didn't really even want to, like, argue with him. Because in my mind, I'm just like, well, if he's not happy, he's never – I'm not going to convince him to be happy. Yeah, no. I mean, he doesn't like it. He doesn't like it. So I, said to, I said to him yeah. – I sent a message to Tony. I said, Tony, refund him everything except for the shipping. And I just, you know, I told the guy, I said, send it back. I'll give you a full refund. He sent it back in like a box with like a couple pieces of paper in it, you know, rattling around in the, in the fucking box. But it was like, I want nothing to do with these. Some of these people you just want nothing to do with. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I do, I do, dis, I do dislike when people are sending me messages in the DMs or people, I do not dislike, I'm very diplomatic, but. Just wondering, you know, how things are going. Uh, they're going great. I'm, and I will be like, I'm on schedule. And like now, this time of the year, I'm fucking slant. I'm happy to be talking with you, but like an hour and 45 minutes ago, I was stressed because mm. <laughs> this is like now we're into, what are we into? The week of Thanksgiving and things are getting, you know, I've, made, I've almost overcommitted myself. I've gone as close to com- overcommitting myself as I possibly can. Sure. I cannot take one more. I cannot make one. I cannot do one more favor. I cannot do one more right. favor. And I am definitely starting to get the, how's that knife going for my so-and-so? I said I'd get it done, and I'm going to get it done. <laughs> How's I that favor I asked you to do coming along? There's a, I, <laughs> I get that. You know what the worst is? I get that from people who haven't even given a deposit down. Yeah. Like friends. Sure. I get friends who are being like, yo, can you hook me up with – can you hook me up with something? And I'm like, I got you. You know, and I know the person. Yeah. And then there's no offer of even giving a deposit. And, you know, sometimes you get a little too cutesy with some of your – goofball for some of my goofball friends mm-hmm. i got you and then all of a sudden you finish the knife and or you don't finish the knife and they're like how's it going with that thing you're gonna hit I'm like, I, don't micromanage me i know what i'm doing <laughs> i know what i'm doing if i'm in the weeds i can turn everything off and just work on your knife and i have it done tomorrow don't micromanage me because you don't know what i'm doing yeah but i do fucking hate that more than anything else yeah and i got one funny story to tell you that happened Ooh. yesterday so Allison's going through Allison's going through all of our emails and she goes, "What is this? Somebody wants us to make a knife like Harry Dongling. Who's Harry Dongling?" And then we're like, "Harry Dongling." So Tony and I are going through our notes trying to figure out Harry Dong the knife we made for Harry Dongling. Who the fuck is Harry Dongling? 
It's this guy was who wanted the knife I made for Henry Golden. Oh, well, Henry God. Golding. And he's like Harry Dongling. And we, we spent like an hour trying to figure out who the fuck Harry Dongling is. So. What are you going to do? What are you and if do? you were going to make people. a knife for Harry Dongling. <laughs> people. That's right. If you were going to make a knife for Harry Dongling, you should definitely, when you're using sandpaper, you should use Indasi USA's Rhinoet, a red line. It is the best stuff around. I just got some more from Texas Ferry Supply. God bless Evan and the guys at Texas Ferry Supply. They are hauling ass. They are hauling ass. And uh, I had a nice conversation with Evan not too long ago. And if you go to Texas Ferry Supply, put in promo code uh, Knife Talk 10 you'll get 10% off your order. And he is doing the, the best he can to accommodate everyone. Uh, and get yourself get yourself some Rhino Wet from t- USA uh, and USA. So TexasFerrySupply dot com. Um, put in promo code Knife Talk Ten. That's it. So we can do dilemmas. We can do questions, and then we can wrap this thing up. Whatever you want to do. Uh, what would you like? Wait, it's were we just? You. Oh, we were just doing tough scenarios. Okay. Yeah. Uh, maybe let's do a couple more questions. And okay. then pop back over to maybe a dilemma or two. Okay. And try to end end on a high note with some we, harps. We need to imaginary do some harps. Thanks. We need to do thanks. Uh, yeah, because you can't, can't. I can't count on Craig to. <laughs> when I said the last time you and I did this, I said, "All right, Craig, put her here," and it was embarrassing because he didn't do any of it. <laughs> Remember that? Remember I, that? I had a conversation with him, and I'm not I supposed to break his balls. I love. He's just we, laughing. We love Craig. We love Craig. The three of us, we've, got, we've done this now for four years. Every week, we've had a great time. We're friends. We are friends. We care about each other. We are friends. I can break his balls a little bit. He said to me last time, it was just me and Mareko, don't worry. I'll set in the things. I'll set in the things. So I said, all right, I will say to you, I'll speak to you and say, all right, Craig, put in the thing. And then fucking nothing. And then I got all these messages being like, that's really funny that he didn't do it. I'm like, yeah, it doesn't, I mean, I'll take care of it for now. <sighs> Radio side. People. <laughs> all so right. I want you to give us a question. Yeah. All right. This one's from David Bonnie. says, hey, y'all, another question for the podcast or just in DMs. What is the best way to have re- uh, real credible makers critique your work? People like you are incredibly busy, so I cannot cannot imagine you have the time to look at every DM or post you've you're tagged in, and certainly don't want random knives sent to you. So, what would you say is the least annoying way to get a professional to at least give some suggestions based on pictures, etc.? Side note: I'm taking your advice, and I'm I'm working on scheduling a class for the new year. No excuses, only improvement. Hope the week is great. Okay, so getting uh, Jeff. I mean, I know Jeff loves critiquing people's work. <laughs> You're hilarious. At Blade you Show, he's picking up hilarious. every single knife, and he's got something to say about everything. Yeah. Um, You're hilarious. This guy, he's even got a sign, come to me for critiques. <laughs> this is like opposite day right now because <laughs> I'm the ex- I don't fucking touch. I, don't keep, I keep my mouth shut. Uh, I mean, if you can get to a show, I would say that would be the best way to actually get your knife to somebody. Um, I would say I've actually, I have, let's see, I have friends, uh, or people I, I, who, who I've had exchanges with on Instagram, not necessarily friends, but 
send send pictures and say, hey, I'd love your feedback, thoughts, and whatever you can offer. And unfortunately, it is really hard to to really have much to say just through photographs. Right. Um, it, and and a lot of it isn't it doesn't even have to do with the work. Maybe it's just the quality of the actual quality of the image or the lighting or you know there's so much and versus actually seeing a thing in person um you can see it from all different angles and and you can also have an exchange with that person about what specifically you're looking for because yeah, honestly people at blade shows and it's not my favorite thing to do but people will come up and they'll ask me to take a look at their work and and I'll I'll ask them specifically like what kind of feedback they're looking for and some people are are just like whatever you see How, let me know and I'm just is like is this wait Fuck. a second wait is this, is this the is this the is it more like how much pain are you ready for is that's that more exactly like that yeah. or what's are, your level you, what's your, how much can you take <laughs> that's basically it it's like how are much you, abuse can you take right now yeah are you fragile are you a Do fragile you, person right are now are you really wanting me to look at it or and pick it apart or do you you know or you just oh. are you just showing me and so i mean it's actually kind of 50 50 people are like oh i just wanted to show you i'm like okay cool I, and then I'll, you know. So, but what do they get out of it? Because they know you're, you, they know you're going light on them. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there, are, there's usually at least one or two things that are worth highlighting and say, oh, I like how you did this, or I like the line of this, or handle material looks great, or nice finish on it, whatever the fuck. You know, there's always something. Um, I feel like there's always at least one thing positive to say. Um, but unless they're really looking for a critique, I never try to offer anything negative or any kind of critique. Um, I just I look at somebody's work, um, and, and and try to find something positive to say. Sometimes people actually come up to me and they're like, "I don't want you to be nice. I really want you to like dig into it and take a look and see what what you see and tell me everything." And that's that's actually usually how it goes. Is I'll I'll be nice, and then if somebody specifically asks for a real critique. And then, then I'll get in there with a the magnifying glass and I'll fucking pick them apart. Mm. I have, but it's not fun. I don't enjoy doing that. <laughs> I have a story that I've never. To- I don't think I've told you this. Okay. But the first and last knife critique that I didn't even ask to be in okay. was with fucking Bob Kramer. Did I ever <laughs> tell you this? This was this was the probably the dumbest and the worst thing. So in the beginning, when we first, when Tony and I first started in. Yeah. Tony said to me, I got you a spot at a sharpening class with Sir Latab and Zwilling, and Bob Kramer's going to be there. Jump on the train and come into the city now. So I jumped on the train. I grabbed a knife, and in my mind, I'm thinking, maybe I can get a picture with Bob. I don't remember how many years ago this was, like, you know, seven, eight years ago. I don't remember how to Bob. And it yeah, was when my shit those... was, like, fucking My, my yeah, shit he... was fucking big. He was my doing... shit was, like, thick. Like sure. It's fucking thick. Yeah, this is probably like what, 2011, 12, 13, somewhere in there. Whatever it was, it was like the early days when I should. I had nothing. I had no business doing what I did. Right. So I get down <laughs> there, and I'm a, I'm in. There's like 15 other people, and in my mind, I was just like, I'd love to get a picture with Bob, and that's all I want to do. And Tony's just like, just get fucking get in, go over there. So we finished the whole thing up, and he had had this whole knife sharpening thing, and he had talked about like critiques and how he does critiques, just like offhand conversations. Like usually, what I say is if I don't really have anything good to say about, it, I say that's interesting. 
And I know I remembered that in the beginning, and then at the end, I introduced myself and I say, oh, "I am a knife maker." And oh, he's like, "Oh, did you bring a knife?" And I'm like, "Yes." He's like, "Well, let's see it." And I was just like, "I don't want to do this." <laughs> I was just like, I looked, at, I was just like, I have no business doing this. I don't want to do this. I don't. I really don't want to do this. He's like, "Come on, let's see the knife." And I was like, oh, "Fuck!" Pulled the knife out. Goddamn thing must have easily weighed four times as many of four, five, or six of his knives was the weight of one of mine. Fucking, I mean, it was like a fucking cleaver. He looked at it, and I'm like, my stomach's dropping. I didn't ask for a critique. I didn't ask for any of it. I just wanted to get the picture. And he goes, interesting. And that was it. That's all he said. I was just like, fuck. And then I got the picture. I got the picture. And I said, Tony got the picture. Tony, get the picture. He's like, let's take a picture. So he's holding his knife, and I'm holding my knife. And I said, Tony, take the fucking picture. I, he takes the picture, and I made it. The only way I got out of there without feeling bad was I had bought two hats from him. And my dog had eaten one of them. And then I bought another one, and the dog ate the second one. And I said to Bob, I said, Bob, I know you're one of the best knife makers in the world, but I can't I can't bring myself to buy a third hat because my dog eats your hats. And it was a funny line. It was funny. Yeah. He laughed and everything was cool. But I was just like, I am never doing that again. And I didn't ask for critique. I didn't want it. I knew. I, but he, he was like, bring it to give it. Show me the knife. I'm like, that's one of the reasons why I'm like, you, you will like, never see me with a knife at a sure. fucking blade show. Never. Never. <laughs> However, last time I was a blade show, I was with Stelter, Will Stelter. He was carrying around his knife. And I was with it was with me and Emiliano and 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 Stelter. We were walking around having laughs, and I felt like you know I was like the chaperone for two children. It was which was also annoying. <laughs> and then he's stopping by every master bladesmith to show them the work and get the critique. And we're like, Jesus Christ, Stelter, can we just keep going? I mean, we got to stop at every single person. And it was just like we had to, we had to ditch him. Emiliano and I had to ditch him because it was just like every five minutes, we'll meet you later. everybody's opinion. <laughs> yeah, so annoying. You gotta ask these people. Well, I mean, some people like to do it, I guess. Yeah, I mean that's that approval you were talking about earlier, right? Ugh, I don't want it. I certainly don't want it. But <laughs> someday I'll get Bob on my podcast, and then I'll bring it up. I don't know if I'll even have the guts to bring that story up because it'll be because like, I know he'll. Ah, uh, you gotta if you if you blue get piece him on. of shit that fucking god damn that was like a I was like a what did you bring it a subway a subway sewer cap a subway cap for me, for me to bring <laughs> that thing was terrible. That was like a doorknob. It was, terrible so there you go all right do you want to jump one. into or you want to do another question you yeah. want to jump to dilemma whatever you want let's do one more your okay. choice whatever you prefer and then we'll wrap it up and give thanksgiving thanks i'll just what read the next one go ahead okay this one's from jamie mackey knives uh my work is more american in style but i live in the uk would it be worth me using a broker like arizona custom knives to expand more into the american market thanks jamie what do you think, Jeff? I I I feel like I hate to say this, and no offense to these all these brokers and stuff like that, but I mean, Josh Smith is he said it when he talked when he first started with Montana Knife Company. He was talking to the president of of Under Armour. Under Armour guy said, "If you got the if you got the if you don't need to do retail or wholesale, don't do it. If you can yeah. do direct, do direct." The hard part is for Jamie. Is the shipping? The international shipping is yeah. ridiculous. It's ridiculous, and maybe it's easier for you. I don't know about you, but we were talking recently, and it's like 
for us to ship abroad, it is ridiculously expensive. It's expensive. But if we could, if we could open up that market, it would change the business. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe it would be good to work with a guy like that just for the shipping. Yeah, possibly. And and in that case, if you are working with a broker, then maybe I don't know. I guess they would possibly pay for that cost, but then I guess that comes out of the of your part of the pie on the back end. But I, yeah, I, for me, when I've shipped internationally, fully insured and everything, it's close to two hundred dollars to ship one knife. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but I mean, I, I agree. I mean, I think, I think there's work that everybody could be doing more to, uh, through social media. I mean, it, it, as much as people might hate it, um, it, it's free, honestly. And, and if you get to save 30% of your sale by using social media more through Instagram, Facebook, whatever, um, and and you need that money, then that's going to be worth it to you. But if you're if you're in the position, maybe you can afford. Maybe Mac, Jamie Mackey can afford um, to take that little bit of hit to try to garner more of that visibility. But I think also another big thing that people can do is become parts. I mean, for, I think Blade Forums are still a big place, um, and become part of the community there, and somehow, you know, ingratiate yourself to that community and show some of your work and, and talk about it and, and start kind of trying to connect with the makers over here in the United States. And, you know, I, tr I try to do, I mean, even these calendars are a perfect example of me trying to use this platform of mine or whatever you want to call it to try to help create awareness about other makers and the work that they're doing. And, and I think I honestly, I would love to see more makers doing that for each other because it's short-sighted to think that you're going to keep a, a corner on the market or hold of, you know, whatever portion of the market you think you deserve. When the reality is like, there's a massive market out there um, that would love to buy everybody's work. It's just the, the trickiest part is connecting with them. And maybe that is through a broker. Um, I think everybody individually has to take those factors. You know, can you afford to take that hit of working with a broker or should you just buck the fuck up and make a little bit more of an effort through social media and, and do just do simple stuff. Just show people your pro process. You know, the, the thing that people really love about Forge and Fire is, is the flash and the sparks, but they're also, they like feeling like they're learning and, and, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, there are a lot of armchair experts out there right now around knives. But anything you can do to get people some real information, and I think that's what made a big difference in in how I started growing in visibility through, especially through Instagram, is I was sharing my process in a way that ended up um, educating potential collectors and buyers, as well as helping other makers. And people start people were sharing my posts, and that's how I started really growing. So you by, mean visibility, not invisibility. Did I say invisibility? I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I meant visibility. Okay. Yeah, of course. Um, and so, or maybe I, I think that. <laughs> sorry, go ahead. I think for this, for Jamie, I think I understand. I understand it more. I, I think it's a lot of it has to do with I, the broker. The, the broker thing might be good. It's also consignment. You know, like guys yeah. like uh, Abe over at Eating Tools. 
a really good reputation and he's a good guy. And everybody I talk to who works with him has nothing but good things to say about him. I think you got to forge a relationship with someone who might be able to be good. The consignment game might be good for you in the sense of if you're in the UK and you want to get everything over to this American, you know, American company that's maybe has something uh, on consignment, you might be able to bundle 15 knives into one box and then all of a sudden your shipping costs are like substantially lower than if you were to send them one by one. If you're if your customers are willing to pay the other thing is, is you know, now that I think about it, when I got stuff from Fingal and I got stuff from from Florentine Kitchen Knives, and they were using they were using UPS and DHL, the shipping was pretty cheap. It's the shipping going from the United States over there. So yeah. I think maybe Mareko's right. I think maybe you could probably get some of them get some of them uh, better hashtags and find yourself that that group. I don't necessarily think a broker is good if you. A broker, I don't, I'm not a fan of yeah. brokers. No offense if brokers are listening, but it's not for me. Not for you. You know what? Let's be thankful. This is Thanksgiving for Christ's sake. Let's sakes. do it. Let's be thankful. What are you doing for Thanksgiving? What's your plan for this week? Tell me. Oh, Thanksgiving this week. Oh, actually, okay. So we're getting ready. Obviously, we got the calendars rolling. We're getting ready for those aprons to launch. I'm getting ready. We're putting together a newsletter. Um, but this week, knife-wise, I just got another knife to finish out. I'm just going to start building the Saya this week, uh, or actually later today after we get done with the podcast. Um, but when it comes to Thanksgiving, um, most of the family is kind of away. So it's just going to be my wife and my kiddo and I with her parents because uh, her brother... Uh, and his family are going to his wife's family uh, place. And then my, my my wife's sister is, and her family are going down to her husband's place. So they they have an away year, I guess, if you want right. to call it that. Um, so it's just, it's going to keep it small. So we're going to keep it keep it simple. I got a I got a turkey breast. I'm going to brine, and then I got to figure out the sides. We're going to keep it simple though like i said there's only going to be basically four adults and one kiddo and we don't need a bunch of leftovers or need to cook a bunch of food and so on but we're going to have the staples and it's going to be a nice low-key day and um we're going to do some work to load up uh we're going to do some uh what was it christmas decorating out of my at, out of the grandparents place uh my wife's parents place and so we're going to be some nice work loading up the uh the the decorations out of the basement um, and bringing them upstairs and drinking hot buttered rums, I'm sure, and just Ugh. chilling out. And hot buttered rums, yeah, boy. Oof. Or, or, oh, yeah, you don't do the hot buttered rum. I mean, it's just, I mean, drinking a hot buttered anything just doesn't sound like. <laughs> how about how about some spiked like eggnog? Sounds like a lot of agita. But like eggnog too, eggnog too. It's like you don't do. You're not a dairy guy. You, I feel I like d- you've I been mean, cutting I out have. the dairy. I I mean I have but I mean it's like eggnog and hot buttered rum are not on my you know top how list. About a, how about a hot toddy or a stingray? I what's a stingray? I don't know off the top of my head. It's a bourbon drink. Okay, <laughs> I would I would I, I actually I'm gonna be we're gonna have Thanksgiving with my mother here, and then okay. we get it. I, I'm actually. After after we leave this podcast, I got to run to the supermarket because my wife and I are running in the turkey trot tomorrow, 
which is oh, a one mile, no big deal run. Mm. But the entrance fee is to bring uh, turkeys. So I actually have to go pick up a couple turkeys, and we're gonna we're gonna run with them tomorrow. And then we're gonna have Thanksgiving with my mother at our house. And then Black Friday, you guys might not see me at all because I am the most excited I'm gonna be for a long time is I'm going to see the Knicks on Black Friday. And I'm going to meet a, a high school friend of mine who um, moved back to New York. I told him when I saw him, when we were talking on the phone, he's like, moving back to New York. I'm like, we got to go to see the Knicks. So we got, he got us tickets to see. Uh, we're going to go to the Madison Square Garden. But beforehand, we're going to go to a steakhouse, New York Steak. We're going to go to Keene Steakhouse. We're going to be like fucking older gentlemen. We're going to eat some fucking steaks and go to the garden and watch the fucking Knicks. So wow. that is my Black Friday. That's why you guys might not see me on Friday. You're probably not going to see me on Friday. Uh, if it's Friday, you're not going to see me. And then the next morning, uh, we're going to run out to see my sisters. And then I may or may not record the uh, uh, one of the uh, full blast podcasts with both my sisters. I might do that. We'll see. We'll see how. Oh. We'll see how that is. That's but I'm looking forward to Thanksgiving. Like my, my wife, it's my favorite. My wife's favorite holiday, and and um, we uh, we're going to yeah, we're going to get some turkeys tonight to give to help feed the homeless, which is. Obviously, something we think about. Sure. So. That's great. There you have it, guys. Well, listen, we miss you, Craig. As always, guys, support our sponsors. And the next thing you can do is if you want to be a friend, you want to be a pal, go and leave a review, subscribe wherever you listen, tell your friends, share the post, share the this. Go to Mareko's website. Go to omasifirearts.com. Pre-order your, pre-order your calendars. Definitely worth it. Get get it, and then when you go to the Blade Show, bring it with you and get all those people to sign it. Okay, <laughs> yeah, that's what that's that, you do that too. Keep your eyes open for the uh, apron. It is a beauty, and it's a good nudge for your for a gift. If you want to tell someone what you want for your birthday, that's the or for Christmas, that's your move. So with that said, have a wonderful week. Thanksgiving. Be thankful. We will see you next week. And uh, what does Craig say? Bye bye for now. Is or that what he says? Adios. Or Ciao. what does he say? This? He said. He said. No. We'll bye bye for Eric the actor. Bye for now. <laughs> All right. See you guys. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com.